This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. When the replay official did not stop I'm the game. not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Hey, just getting fired up for the 4th of July weekend, three-day weekend for a lot of listeners out there. So everyone be safe, have a good time, and uh, hey, happy 4th of July, buddy. Exactly. Yeah, I got to work, so I hope everyone else has a great time, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember those 2 o'clock in the morning fireworks. Somebody has to get up in the morning. (laughs) Just kidding. I love 4th of July. I love coming home, and I, I just hope this year my neighbors spend a ton of money on fireworks so I can just sit out there <laughs> and enjoy the show, Mike. <laughs> well, speaking of fireworks, so we got an interview lined up here. Former Tennessee running back Jabari Davis. Really good interview, but before we get to that, man, we have a little bit of fireworks here in College yeah. Station. As the NCAA announced on Thursday... What seemed like huge news here, Shane, they said Texas A&M, and it's not only the NCAA just accusing Texas A&M, Texas A&M has confirmed recruiting violations, practice violations, Jimbo Fisher given a six-month show cause, and when that came out, my goodness, my my jaw was (laughs) on the floor, I was thinking... You know, for anyone that, oh. does, that doesn't know that term show cause, what that typically means is you cannot associate with the program. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Jimbo Fisher done for the season. <laughs> My sleeper in the West, what in the hell? And then I read the allegations and it's, I mean, it's almost laughable, these damn allegations. And I guess in a sense, Jimbo Fisher does have a show cause, but it's only for on the road recruiting. So no need for the Aggies to panic too much, but 
Let me ask you, Mike, real quick. Yes, have sir. you have you wrote an article on this just yet? Oh yeah, I've, read, I've done about six. Oh you? man, because you could have went Jimbo Snap, huh? <laughs> what about that for a header? <laughs> <laughs> or Jimbo, it's nothing. You know, I don't know. Now, now that we realize that this is just kind of a joke. Uh, what? So, what were the allegations? Well, it's and it's. Let's be clear, because it's more than allegations. These are confirmed violations oh, okay. from Texas okay. A&M. But, you know, level one is the most serious violation. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any of those. So that's that's the first good news for if you're a Texas A&M fan. Now, they only had one level two violation, and it involved an unnamed assistant coach, which Texas A&M <laughs> was more than willing to give that name out. But yeah. we'll get to that in just a second. So they had a recruiting violation, and all that was, according to the NCAA and Texas A&M, uh, Coach Fisher and one of his assistants were in a high school, I believe a coach's, head coach's office, and a prospect came in, and they had a, just a slight interaction with him. And apparently there was video of that of that incident, so they couldn't really say it didn't happen. So that's all a level right. two. You can't there's certain times you can't meet with prospects. That was one of them. And then the other one, level three, so even less severe, Aggies had um, practices that were going a little bit long. You know, they're, they're very strict, the NCAA, with how much time they allow these programs to, to work with their players and train with their players. And if you go over that, you know, you get – there's a chance you get hit with uh, one of these violations. And from what I understand, this – all comes back. This was all back in uh, January 2019. So this was a long time ago. And there was a former linebacker there at Texas A&M. Oh, excuse me, January 2018, I should say. And what happened here, former linebacker, his, his name was like Santino Martial or something like that. Mm-hmm. He got dismissed from Texas A&M. And he had some allegations that, you know, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M were pushing the limits and going over them and, on practice. And that's how this whole thing started. So kind of, oh, gosh. if you're a Texas A&M fan, you could very easily look at that and say, well, hell, this is just a, it's just a guy with an ax to grind. And mm-hmm. I guess he kind of got his way in a, in a slight sense here. But the biggest thing is Texas A&M has already paid most of the penalties for this stuff. Last November in the recruiting cycle, they, I don't believe they really were able to go out on the road and recruit and like I said, Jimbo Fisher has been given a six-month show cause, but that is only for recruiting off campus. He can recruit on campus, and he can coach and, and do all that. So, you know, at the end of the day, very minor violation, very minor penalty, but the NCAA did kind of throw it out there and and just make it seem like a big deal, and everybody ran with it, but... Once you take a deep dive on what actually happened, not that big a deal. They probably should have led with that, but that's just not the world we live in. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many people I, I had saying, well, can A&M get out of Fisher's $75 million deal? And these these weren't Texas A&M <laughs> people. These were people around the SEC. I think they're yeah. a little worried about what the Aggies are building there, but I didn't hear that from any Aggies. But I, I did think that was hilarious that, you know, maybe they'll try to get out of Fisher's deal because he accidentally bumped into a recruit. Here's the deal, Mike. They validated Jalen Jones' parking pass, and that is a grade three. What's it called? <laughs> you know, just... Let me mention this, Shane, because this will be something that uh, concerns you, the Tennessee homer here, because obviously 
Now, as I noted there, I teased it a little bit. Texas A&M happy to announce the unnamed assistant that was with Jimbo Fisher when this bump recruited, this level two violation occurred. Mm -hmm. And it was former running back coach Jay Graham, who, of course, is now the Tennessee running back coach. Mm. So he has also been hit with a six-month show cause. He is not allowed to leave Tennessee's campus for recruiting. And I guess I should have mentioned this the whole time when I'm talking with Fisher and not being Wait, able to leave either. Okay, but so for how long? Six, not? six months, so till January, essentially. Jeez. Please. But here's the here's the critical thing here. The NCAA has shut down <laughs> recruiting. You can, I mean, coaches <laughs> can't do it anyway. So That's I, don't, true. I don't know how this affects them. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if they extend this because of the dead period. I don't know if they can do that or if – you know, we don't even know if the NCAA is going to allow coaches to hit the road this year because of the, the virus and everything going on with that. So there may not be a issue here at all, but I think if, if you're Texas A&M, you're slightly worried that Jimbo Fisher cannot do in-home visits before the early signing period, because if that is allowed, they're going to be going up against Alabama, LSU, mm -hmm. Auburn, all these Texas yeah. And those head coaches are going to be on the road recruiting in home with mama and grandma and dad. And yeah, if Jimbo ain't there, I, I mean, I, that may not be the end all be all, but I think there's many uh, guys that are great closers. We know Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and all of them are. So I think that's going to be a slight disadvantage. But at the end of the day, that's the major thing here. And I should also note Texas A&M is on probation for a year. Now, I've heard many fans say, well, what the hell does that mean? Because... Can they go to the bowl game and everything? That All that's still on the table. It's it's not really much of a punishment at all. It just means that if they break any rule like this again for the next year, they're going to get hammered. So mm. you got to stay clean, <laughs> and you, you got to hope that, uh, you know, nothing gets broken <laughs> outside, or at least you, no, one get, no one catches you doing anything, I guess is what I'm trying to say exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah, and if they do mess up and get hammered, I mean, I may just get hammered if I'm an Aggies fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know, you just build up something so damn pretty and, and then something happened. You know, but like you said, this could be the year that it really doesn't matter. You know, maybe maybe Jimbo's playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. You know what I'm saying? Like he knew when to bend the rules because – everybody's going to get punished till November so mm -hmm. or December. So I, I don't know. Maybe this is the uh, – maybe this isn't a bad thing. You know, you still got – hopefully you got this recruit. That's what's worse. Don't you hate that when you find out it's from a recruit that didn't even come to your campus, you know? <laughs> well, typically when, when something like this happens, yeah, and I believe it's the case here as well, the NCAA says you can no longer recruit that kid. And they've even told Texas A&M they're, they're not allowed to recruit this high school anymore. So, Oh, man. Oh, well, if – let me say, just because I don't know. I, I don't know these rules. If this were to happen, and let's say this – okay, you couldn't recruit this kid anymore. Could the kid still come to the campus? I mean, is that possible, or is it just like the kid's like, okay, you can go to any college you want out there except Texas A&M? I believe they still can go, but – they can't go on official visits, which me, which means Texas A&M, you know, pays for their trips and their meals and everything like that. So anytime they wanted to come to Texas A&M, they'd have to pay for everything, including the travel, including a hotel, 
including any meals they eat there and, and so on and so forth. So they just make it really hard when a recruit's got to pay for everything and then he can turn around and go to Texas or Alabama or LSU or, you know, go down the list and they're willing to pay for all his expenses. So they just really go out of their way to, to make it difficult for the school to recruit the player. And when I mentioned the high school, I should they're not allowed to recruit anyone from that campus for, I believe it's three years. It's not forever, but it's the class this was in, it's the current one we're in, and it's the one after that. So you just got to hope there's no elite talent at that high school if you're a Texas A&M Oh, fan. my gosh. One second. What if it was that school down there in uh, Florida? IMG. Everybody. (laughs) IMG. What if it's like, yeah, it's just IMG, you know? It's just where everybody's wanting to go. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully it wasn't that one, man. But uh, no, this, I mean, it sucks. But I I think it's kind of a petty rule, you know, if if it wasn't done on purpose. But, you know, I don't know, being recorded and stuff, maybe it was kind of done on purpose and it just got out there. So, um, I, I hate it. I just that's just a huge hit, you know. You're just trying to get the kid to come to your school, you know. Right. And here's the thing. So right before we hopped on here, Alabama announced the same damn thing, except Nick Saban was not involved. It was just an assistant, and again, an unnamed assistant who had an impermissible contact with the recruit. They self-reported it, and it's a level two violation. I assume the same as Texas A&M. I don't have any details on who that assistant is or the recruit, but Alabama threw that in right before the 4th of July weekend. That was the only football violation they had. So kind of the, kind of the same damn thing at, here, but it's just not as big a news because the head coach not involved and no show cause that, that I'm aware of. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting how one story gets blown up and the other one, you know, that if they put it out at the right time, no one even talks about it. That's it, man. This ain't this ain't Saban's first rodeo, buddy. You know, this is let's just wait till you know they probably known this for a, quite a while, and they said, you know what, July second is when we're going to roll this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enough uh, violations talk. You ready to get to our interview here with Jabari Davis? Yes, sir. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by Jabari Davis, former Tennessee running back. And nowadays, he's the camp director for the Legends of Tennessee Football <laughs> Camp. Jabari, thanks so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Thank you guys for reaching out. And uh, thanks again for the help uh, last year that you did for the uh, article on us and the camp, man, just getting the word out to some more people across Ball Nation and trying to get kids involved. Well, that's what kind of what uh, you know we're all about here. It's just so great to see former Tennessee players such as yourself you know, still live in the community, trying to improve the community. So, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about the Legends of Tennessee football camp that you got going on. And and you kind of expressed to me, you know, a big reason why you want to do this is just be, you know, a positive mentor for a lot of these kids. Yes, sir, man. You know, this is going on year three for the Legends of Tennessee football camp. Just to give you a little brief background, you know, I started it uh, right after Coach Fulmer took the Athletic director job, uh, Coach Foreman ran the camp similar to what we were doing called the Hall of Fame camp. And um, it was a great day of brotherhood, getting former balls back together, getting us back in the community, working with kids, uplifting kids, and just uplifting people in the community, man. And just spending some great time together sharing Tennessee football stories 
with the young generation because a lot of these kids don't realize how powerful we were at a time and era of uh, college football, and we're going to get back to those days, and it starts with these kids. So we want to give them the blueprint of what it takes to be successful, and uh, we just came up with a camp idea to keep it going, and uh, that's a little bit of the history. Uh, Last year we started taking it on the road. We're not just East Tennessee kids going to Middle Tennessee, working with Nashville kids, uh, Clarksville kids, uh, Columbia kids, kids from all over, and going to West Tennessee, going to the Memphis area. So we had a lot of success last year, and this year uh, we kicked off our camp season with a lot of great momentum. You know, we went to West Tennessee, and I had a lot of the uh, former West Tennessee guys uh, that uh, – were part of the camp, John Phillinson, uh, Justin Harrell. Uh, you know, we had Trey T that was going to get involved, but he had to work. So every place that we go, we try to give former players in that area an opportunity to work the camp and let the kids meet them and um, coach them up the right way, man. So uh, this year, um, unfortunately, we had a ton of camps that were canceled due to COVID-19 and, you know, we had to put our season on on hold. But uh, just from talking to a few guys in the community, I said, man, we got to do something um, in July to try to get everything back together and just be some type of positivity for these kids in our state. Because, I mean, if you look at the news lately, man, it's just a lot of crazy stuff going on. And with these kids being, you know, torn away from every summer activity that they had, we had to do something special for these kids. So, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, man, we've just been pulling everything together as much as we can to have some type of event for these kids before they go back to school. Now, the upcoming Legends of Tennessee football camp, Saturday, July 25th, Sunday, July 26th, Weir Farm City Park in Pigeon Forge. Beside yourself, mm-hmm. obviously, what other tennis, former Tennessee players are going to be helping you out with the camp this year? Well, on that flyer, man, I had to make some calls. You know, I wanted this to be bigger than just a football camp. You know, we need to come together. We need to show kids how it's done the right way by getting guys from so many different ethnic groups together and teaching them that, hey, in this state, we believe football can bring joy and bring peace and bring people together. So, uh you know, I had to get in the in the in the phone book, man, and and and, and make some calls and get guys back around. So just to give you a little uh, a little info on the coaching list, man, we have uh, Robert Ayers who just moved back to the area, who just retired from the NFL. He's going to come coach with us this year. We had to get him involved. Uh, Terry Fair, we all know Terry Fair, who was a a real field legend and, you know, was recently a part of the coaching staff last year. He's still around, got him involved. Uh, Jason Swain, we all know Jason Swain from his football success and radio success. He's coming again to, to uh, work the camp. This is his third year. Uh, Chris Treese, who was a football coach in the community, had some radio stuff um, in the past. Uh, Cedric Houston, who was a teammate of mine, um, good running back buddy. He'll be coming in town for the camp. Derek Tinsley, he's a high school football coach, but right now high school football has been put on hold. So a lot of these guys have free times right now. So he's coming out. 
Um, Brett Kendrick, uh, offensive lineman, um, a couple of years ago. He's a local football coach. He'll be working with us. Eric Westmoreland, um, he's one of our best coaches and a uh, kid and fan favorite around here with the camp. He coaches at Baylor High School. He'll be around. D'Angelo Lloyd, 98 National Championship with uh, with, with, with Westmoreland, Corey Larkin, uh, just to name a few, man. Uh, Justin Harrell, he'll be back again. Myself. Uh, and Eric Ainge, which is the craziest one, you know, <laughs> trying to get Ainge back around in the community doing some stuff, man. I reached out to Ainge and said, hey, man, I need you, man. We need to do something special for the kids in this community. You know, let's come together and let's show them how to do it the right way. So we'll have so many different balls from so many different eras that all have a really huge platform in the community. And, you know, we just want to make a difference. That's all we want to do. Now, what does it say about, you know, the East Tennessee community, the Tennessee football program, uh, that you guys remain in the area and work towards bettering the community and, and not only that, but staying in touch with one another? And, yeah. You know, it just seems like it's, a, it's like a special bond uh, through Tennessee football that you guys all have. Yeah, man, you know, that BFL goes beyond just the football field. You know, we're balls for life, brother for life, and we hold that friendship from the gridiron to our personal lives with our kids and with our families. So we all communicate with one another. And we all have crazy schedules uh, throughout the year. You know, a lot of guys have children like myself and going on family vacations and, you know, being – heavily affected by COVID-19, but um, we just want to come together just one weekend and just make it right for the kids and just to be around another, and I mean, just be around each other again so we can share some of those life-changing stories and moments that we experienced on the field playing at UT and, and, and what it takes to be successful student-athletes in today's time, man. I think every kid needs a mentor, they need somebody that can teach them the ropes of, of of what steps you need to take in order to get to that level. And, you know, I would say 90% of the kids around here, their dream is to play at UT one day. And we experienced it, we lived it, and we had people that helped us get to that level. And when you make it to a certain point in your career, you got to show the next generation how to uh, you know, uh, get to those same type of goals. So that's what the uh, the camp is all about: football, family time, fellowship, and brotherhood, and just getting everybody together for a positive event. Since everything has been so negative, man, in the communities and on the news, man, these kids don't need to see that stuff. They need to see people doing it the right way. All right, and again, that's a two-day camp for ages 7 to 15, Saturday, July 25th, Sunday, July 26th, and you can register for the camp at tnlegendscamp.eventbrite.com. So that's just some really uh, inspirational stuff. I'm really glad to see that you keep this uh, camp going. I think that just says a lot about your character and what you mean, what these kids mean to you and what this camp means to you. And So why was it so important for you to keep this thing going when – uh, Philip Fulmer became the AD there at Tennessee. Uh, just like I mentioned before, man, just that fellowship that we had. You know, we needed those moments where we can all 
connect and be around one another at least once or twice a year. Now, usually we all get together for homecoming or BFL weekend during the season, but in the off season, you know, it's hard to get guys back together. So I wanted to do something uh, again to just get us back together during the summer before we go back to our working lives and being a dad and, and, and doing that type of stuff. So uh, that's what it's all about as well, besides the coaching. And this summer was so unique and different because the University of Tennessee had canceled every camp um, because of the COVID-19 stuff. So uh, my kids camped at UT over the last five years, and I had friends that attended you know, those UT camps and with nothing going on in this state uh, besides, you know, Josh Dobbs, he does some stuff, but I don't know if his stuff got canceled. There was no other youth to middle school football camps going on at all. And you know how important those camps are when it comes to development and that mentoring that those kids get from these coaches. So we just had to do something, man. We had to figure out a way where we can make it right, make it healthy, make it clean for these kids so they can be successful over the summer. We do have to follow new COVID guidelines, rules, and that is all on the registration guideline. But your kid to have fun, we'll be safe, we'll be clean, and we'll do it the right way. Well, that's outstanding stuff. Now, while I got you here, I got to ask you about this. We just talked about Coach Fulmer. Now he's leading the Tennessee football program along with Coach Jeremy Pruitt. What are your thoughts on the direction of the Tennessee program? You talked on it just a little bit previously, but, I mean, it seems like since Coach Fulmer has taken that thing back over, it, it really seems like Tennessee's back on the right track. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, once Coach Fulmer got involved and became the AD, I kind of stopped getting on Twitter so much and social media to, to, to figure out what directions that we were going in and running the football program. But, uh you know, he's been doing a great job. He's been making some great hires. He's been uh, – it's really putting us in a position to be successful on and off the, the field and being a great face for, you know, the university again. And um, if you look at this previous season, man, if you see how we struggled earlier in the year, but we, you know, were able to gain control of ourselves and pick up some momentum in the middle of the season and being able to capitalize on a great bowl game just shows you the magnitude of of what this program is going to be in the next couple of years with Coach Fulmer being in control of it. So I'm excited for this season and the seasons up to come with Coach Fulmer being our captain, man. But this season is going to be kind of interesting because of the COVID-19 stuff with the fan stuff. I mean, you really don't know what's going to go on. I just hopefully we can figure out a way where we can make it happen and uh, give these scenes an opportunity to finish their career off on a high note. Now, obviously I'm not a former player and I always hear these stories about the, whenever there's a new coaching staff, whether they're, you know, they're welcoming to the former players and then some coaches doesn't seem like they are welcoming at all. Can you give us some insight on how Jeremy Pruitt handles that with former players? I mean, is he is he pretty cool with the uh, former yeah. outstanding players there like yourself at Tennessee? Man, Coach Pruitt has been awesome, you know, with the uh, brotherhood of former players. 
I mean, anytime you want to come to a practice, want to come to a clinic, or just go up there and get some football IQ, you know, talk X's and O's, man. Uh, you know, the doors are always open. I always tell a lot of my former teammates, you know, go to a few practices so they can identify who you are. And uh, once they know you and they see you coming up there and, and, and watching and just hanging out, man, you'll be good to go. But, you know, he has that open-door policy. Nothing has happened where we felt like we have been denied entry or anything like that, man. And uh, that's what I love about it. And he's just a football guy, man. He's not a big cliche guy. And he's not going to win you with the press conference and with all these motivational speeches. He's here to coach football and win games. Now, obviously, you were an outstanding running back at Tennessee, so I, I really had to ask you this. What are your thoughts on Tennessee's running backs, uh, specifically Ty Chandler and Eric Gray? I mean, at the end of the season, Gray looks like, I mean, he could be all SEC by the time. Yeah, Gray definitely shows some all SEC flashes uh, those last couple games, man. And uh, that bowl game, man, we really rolled him all the way to a huge win. Uh, I think he's going to be very successful. I mean, with the offensive line that we have coming back and uh, with, you know, with Trey Smith returning for a senior year, man, that's a running back's dream. Hopefully we can get K. May situated. And, uh, I mean, can you imagine running behind that offensive line that we have? I mean, that's an easy 1,500-yard uh, season if he could stay healthy. Um, it's great to see Jay Graham back around. Jay Graham was a grad assistant my senior year so he was in our running back coaching room for a season man i learned so much from jake Graham. just had to carry myself as a professional on and off the field and what it took to be a successful tennessee running back and just learning different skills and 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 fundamentals to improve my game from a guy who was just in my shoes you know not too far um ago so he's going to help that meeting room become even better just by his experience and, and, and playing at the University of Tennessee. So I'm excited, man. I'm I'm definitely excited. I think the running back room can be the biggest game changer for us going into the season and be able to create those explosive plays and those highlights that we need. How many yards would you have run behind this offensive line? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I would say at least over a thousand, man. At least over a thousand. You know, your running back success all goes to your offensive line success, man. And the only thing you got to do is just see the whole hitter get downhill, make one guy miss, and have the speed to take it to the end zone. And just staying healthy, you know, not taking too much uh, hits, you know, learning how to turn your body, make guys miss in the open field, staying healthy, stretching, doing, you know, just doing all the off-the-field stuff. So you can be able to play a full season. By game five, game six, you know, your body starts to break down a little bit if you haven't been training hard in the offseason. But, you know, these guys have been working their butts off. Coach Fitz left the program in good hands with uh, with, with with AJ, and I think he's going to do a great job of keeping us healthy, keeping us strong so we can complete a full SEC schedule. All right, last question I got for you, Jaboy. What's your favorite memory of playing at Tennessee? Uh, well, you know, the 2001 year was one of the most special years, man. You know, that was the last year that we were really able to compete for a national championship or in the hunt for a national championship. 
but just being around that whole team, man, that 2001 team, a lot of guys were part of that 98 national championship team. And I learned a lot more mentally than I did physically, just how to carry myself on and off the field, how to practice like a champion, how to prepare like a champion in the film room, um, and just those leadership qualities that I learned from Travis Stevens, from Will Bartholomew, John Henderson to Will Overstreet, man, uh, really helped me as a football player and, and as a as a man. But um, as far as games, of course, the 2001 Florida game, uh, that was a huge game for us. Uh, the two, let's see, the big loss that we suffered, you know, against LSU that could have helped us compete for a national championship. That'll never get old. I still replay that game <laughs> in the back of my mind. But uh, I would say season would be 2001. When it comes to games, uh, probably the 2002 Arkansas game, uh, I was SEC player of the week. That game had over 150 or 60 yards rushing and had three touchdowns. But, you know, a lot of the ball fans, uh, you know, they re- recall my success versus Florida over four years, you know, always having some good solid runs and game uh, touchdowns against Florida and just really able to, you know, give the team all the juice that they need for us to win a few big games in the swamp. So um, the Tennessee-Florida rivalries and 2001 season and the 2 Arkansas game. Well, it's interesting that you you talk about the lessons you learned as a young player because that's what you're doing now with the Tennessee football camp. The That's why you're the director of uh, <laughs> Legends of Tennessee football camp, Saturday, right, again, July 25th, Sunday, July 26th. So it's interesting how that comes back around. Now you're the one teaching the younger generation how to get it done. You're absolutely right, man. That's why I tell guys, be a student of the game, man. You never know how football will help you soar in life when you hang those cleats up in the next 15, 20 years. You can't play forever, but learn those lessons from your teammates, from your coaches, and, uh, you know, it'll help you prepare for life, man. And that's what I've been doing over the last couple of years in my off season is always giving back and uh, trying to teach these games the right way to be an athlete on the field and in the classroom. And if you want to get to UT one day, we finally have a camp that's going to help you learn those lessons of what it takes to run through the team and what it takes to put on their orange jersey from guys that experienced it. So um, thanks for all the love and for the support. This is just the beginning of the Legends of Tennessee brand. Like I said, we're more than just a football camp. Uh, we're going to be working on doing some other things in the communities. We also have a scholarship fund that we created for Reggie Cobb. You know, we have the Reggie Cobb scholarship that we started this season. And uh, we rewarded a young lady that went to Central High School, uh, $3,400 to help her uh, get on her feet and to help her with books and help her with that transition into the college life. So, man, we got a lot of great things that we're planning on doing off the field, not just football camp related with this nonprofit organization. So, well, I really, really appreciate you hopping on here and, and just giving us the lowdown on it and really looking forward to another season of the Legends of Tennessee football camp. Thanks again, Jabari. I really do appreciate you hopping on. 
Man, I thank you again, Mike. Thanks for reaching out and uh, giving us some extra promo, man. All right, Shane. So really appreciated once again, Jabari Davis hopping on here to talk about his Legends of Tennessee football camp. Um, some exciting stuff. I, I just think it's really cool that uh, players like him and all across the SEC, you know, they most of them, when they sign up to, to go to their college of choice, you know, they're typically not from there, but there's yeah. a lot of outstanding schools and communities in the SEC and uh, the fans really know how to treat these guys. And I just think it's neat that, you know, vast majority of them stick around and stay in the community and, and make life lasting connections. And it's cool to see Jabari Davis doing this at Tennessee. Absolutely, man. I mean, I grew up going to these camps, you know, I I know you remember me telling you about the chief. Uh, I was thinking he's going to offer me the scholarship and he just wanted to see, <laughs> you know, it's just an Adidas thing group. You, I don't know if you remember that. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these, but the camps, that's what I did every summer, man. It was two, three camps. It was the McKenzie camps. It was, you made a lot of friends. You got to see a lot of people that you ended up going against later in life and in, in high school and football and stuff, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. A lot of these kids, you know, may not have a lot to look forward to. And, and, you know, that was our, our big thing. Me and my brother, we were all sports, you know, so yeah, uh, we didn't look forward to going on too many vacations because we were too wrapped up in camps, and I loved it, man. Because you got to get away from the house, you know. Yeah, they put you up on the campus and and whatnot, you know. So, like I said, and not to not to mention the stuff that you learned, the players you got to listen to. Uh, like I said, the McKenzie brothers, I used to listen to them, and it's just like, man, these guys were in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's they they were they've been where you're were aspiring to go to so you hung on every word they said uh jabari i i know he probably doesn't even realize how influential he is when he's talking to these young kids it's just i love the camp so uh that's awesome giving back to the community and you know it's funny he said uh 2001 you know that's when i was at college and so I remember that Arkansas. I remember, I remember every time he touched the ball. Obviously, because I'm a huge ball fan. But uh, I remember that Arkansas game he did, and he said he had like 150 yards rushing. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I haven't, I haven't ran for 150 yards in one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh man, he's just, he was just a, a, a freak athlete. He, he, uh, he was a Florida killer. You know, a lot of people talk about when you talk about beating Florida. You can't do it without talking about Jabari Davis's name. Yeah, and I think he was undefeated against Alabama. So, I mean, my goodness, yeah, yeah. that's if you go to Tennessee, that's all you can kind of hope for, uh, that your legacy is something quite like that. You know what? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Great interview, man. I appreciate him coming on. All right, Shane, so that's all I got on this one. Do you got anything before we hop off here? I got some reviews. Uh-oh. I've been sending out them koozies, man. People are tuning back in. Absolutely, man. It's getting that time, you know. I've probably sent it, 10 this week. You know, it's it's always like this. July. J- you know, as soon as July gets here, it's like, dude, we're almost there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't I, – I, if you think about it, NCAA was released around second week of July. Yep. You know, that was a big part of our, our – childhood you know so july you thought about college football august they start reporting and then you know we were talking about then it goes to uh uh last chance you and then mm-hmm. it goes to um uh, what's the nfl one 
uh, hard uh, knocks. Hard knocks, yeah. And then you get all into hard knocks and you're loving it, but then you stop watching hard knocks because college football started, you know. So <laughs> it's it's just it's it's a it's a chain reaction. So, but uh, I, I veered off the path here. I really appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to give us the five star ratings, Mike. We had a surplus. I know you've been busy mailing them koozies, uh, so I'd like to read uh, a few of those if I can. Absolutely. Um, the first one. This is going to come from Sean in Tennessee. Tons of fun. Five stars. Hey, buddy. Yes, they have some insights and some quality information, but the better reason to listen to the show is the good vibes they send out. I'd love to watch a game with these fellas, and I really appreciate that they seem to root for the best interest of every team in the conference. I don't like half the teams, but I admit with a grudge and it's better to see college athletes doing well. These hosts have a heart. One gripe, Mike shouldn't start this. We are joined as always because Shane has an absentee problem. Yeah, ask my boss. (laughs) (laughs) Where is he this week? Away, buddy. (laughs) When do we want Mike Leach interview? Today, buddy. Oh man, I Mike is definitely going to coach the Pirate will be on this show one day, I promise you. And Sean in Tennessee, I appreciate your comment and the five-star rating. Yeah, thanks Sean. We appreciate that one. Next one comes from Tommy's Tigers, Air 5, five-star rating. I've been listening to this podcast since March. I enjoy the coverage of all SEC teams and the recruiting updates. The content is high quality and engaging. Can't wait until the season starts. Keep up the good work. M-I-Z. Thanks, Tommy. And I just if you're listening, I just sent you a koozie, so you got one on the way. Yes, sir. Next one. Well, I can't say that to them. They hate Arkansas. All right. Vols365. Awesome podcast. Five star. This is by far one of my best college football podcast around. You guys do a great job. As always, go Vols. Well, Vols365, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate that one, Vols. Next one comes from Chris Howith. Uh, y'all are awesome. Five star. Love the podcast, guys. Y'all give us all something to listen to during the crazy time we live in. I love how you talk about every SEC team regularly. Keep up the great work. Whoopig! <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Next one comes from Auburn Tiger Sam. War Eagle, anyways. Five star. Love this podcast. It's. It's on every time I hop in the truck. Cousin Shane opened up a beer to start my day off the right way, and he's genuinely hilarious. (laughs) Did I write this one? (laughs) Just kidding. As uh, an Auburn grad growing up in Tennessee, it hasn't hurt my feelings listening to Vol fans suffer over the last couple years, but now uh, Michael's bad Auburn juju uh, does it come in for? I hope. Oh wait, I gotta redo that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been drinking again, huh? I've been cracking too many over, Mike. <laughs> but now, um, I think we left a word off here. He's got me. He got me stumped here. One second. But now, I let's just say I hope that that goes good. But now I hope Michael's bad Auburn juju doesn't come into fruition. Even though these guys are balls at heart. It doesn't take away from the show at all. Actually, as long as they keep losing to teams like Georgia State, (laughs) it makes the show much more interesting. Keep up the great work, War Eagle, and as of this morning, let's go Pats. 
Sam H. Oh, yeah, that's big news. Big Cam going up there for the Pats. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate that one, Sam, and I hope you're right. I hope I'm dead wrong about them Tigers. Joe Pro, number 41. Thank you. Five star. This is getting me amped up for hopefully the season. Keep it up. Well, Joe Pro, <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Man, we got quite a few here, Mike. All right, this one, B Flair 90. My SEC fix, five star. Hey, guys, I love the show. It's the only way I've made it through 2020. Got an idea for the show. How about y'all do a trend prediction show for each team? Basically, do y'all think the team is rising, falling, or holding steady in 2020, along with your reasons why? Anyway, I'm listening either way. Keep them coming. Woo pig! Go Hogs! Hey, that's, that's, that, that's a great idea. idea. I think we might have to do that next next week, so appreciate that one, Be Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you've got a suggestion, send them. <laughs> That makes Mike's job easier. <laughs> Derek Gator Chomp 88. Awesome podcast. Five star. This podcast is awesome and full of SEC football knowledge. Great job, guys. Well, Derek Gator Chomp 88, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate that one, Derek. All right. This one comes from Thomas Udahoot. <laughs> I, I may have messed that one up. I'm sorry, Tom. This one's a favorite podcast. Five star Tennessee fan from Raleigh, North Carolina. I drive an hour to work each morning. This podcast makes the drive so much easier. Great content, entertaining opinions, and I love the coach sound bites. My question is, when do you think Tennessee will actually live up to the hype? As a Vol fan, I admit, there are plenty of times we get excited in the offseason. Most recently in 2019, we thought Lamont Turner and Jordan Bowden were going to be the best guard combo in college basketball history in 2016 we definitely thought our football team was a championship quality now we think we have a top five offensive line in the country and just two years ago that group struggled massively does Pruitt take the balls to Atlanta within the next three season again love the podcast thank you well Thomas I appreciate you and yes my friend I'm also a Vol homer and we will be there Maybe next year. Hey, since when did when did uh, reviews turn into damn mailbag here? I love it. Though. I'm just this kidding. One's... I'm just kidding. No, that's a good one, Thomas. Uh, real quick, I think you know. I think what we got to see from Jeremy Pruitt, they've got to come out better. We've seen it two years in a row, starting slow for Tennessee. So that's a that's a major issue I have with Pruitt right now. Not something that he can't overcome, but I need to see it. And he needs to be more competitive in these marquee games. You can't. I mean. For all the momentum they got, they're just getting blown out by Florida, Georgia, Alabama. So he's got to, he doesn't have to beat all those teams right away. He's got to make them more competitive, start stronger. And if he does that, if he does that, I got a lot of confidence that Tennessee's going to win the East under his leadership. Absolutely, I, I I think you hit the the nail on the head there. And you know, a side note: 2016 was an amazing first half of a season. In fact, some would argue 2016 first few games were the best games in Tennessee history. I mean, you think about going to Bristol was there. You think about uh, the comeback against the Gators and the, the Hail Mary with Jawan Jennings. I mean, it was a pretty special year, and almost we took the Maggies down. But after that, it did fall apart. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Shane, how'd that second half go? <laughs> well, you know, it's not how you finish. It's how you start, Mike. You know, that's the whole thing. <laughs> 
Next one comes from Wahoo50. Easily one of the best five stars. This is easily one of the best SEC podcasts to listen to. Could never find one that, that really clicked until I started listening to that SEC podcast. Well, Wahoo, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Wahoo. All right, next. Well, I got two left. This one comes from Strick JN. Great SEC podcast, five star. Love listening to SEC content on content on here. Thanks for all you do. Go Gamecocks. Well, Strick, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Strick. Last but not least, this one comes from Nick Rue. From a Bama fan, five star. I try to consume as much SEC content as I can. I love it. And this is a great podcast for that. I really enjoy the show and would encourage others who love SEC football to listen to this podcast. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Rota. Nick, I appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you, Nick. We appreciate each and every one of these reviews. That's why we send a free beer koozie your way. All you got to do is join this list. Give us a rating and review. Really helps the show grow. And we also got stickers. If koozie's not your thing, we got stickers too. So you just let us know what you want. Read the review on the air. And we'll send you a koozie free of charge directly from us. You're not Your, de- your information's not going to any company or database or any junk like that. It's, it's just me doing all this. So uh, we really do appreciate uh, everyone that takes the extra time to do that. I like the stickers. I, I don't have a Yeti because I can't afford them. I got them uh, Ozark Walmart ones, you know? Yep. But I got those stickers all over it, baby. <laughs> Just put it right over the Ozark. They don't know. <laughs> oh, Mike, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, wish everyone a happy 4th of July weekend. Like I said, uh, stay safe, have a good time, and enjoy uh, some cold ones. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll text you from work, Mike. All right? <laughs> <laughs> See you guys, go balls.